0: On this episode of the Ball Talk Pod, Harrison Fagan of Silver Screen and Roll joined the show to talk all things Lakers and their matchup against the Denver Nuggets in the Western Conference Finals. This is the Ball Talk Pod. Evan Keaton, starting now. Welcome, and thanks for tuning in to another edition of the Ball Talk Pod. As always, this is your host, Evan Kinzer and today I'm joined by a man with many hats. He's a Lakers beat writer, editor, podcaster, and if you're on Twitter, he is a guy who reminds people that somebody was a bucket, in all caps. That man is Harrison Fagan. <laughs> Harrison, thanks for joining me today.
1: I appreciate the intro, Evan. It's, uh, it's good to talk to you again.
0: So, Harrison, how have you been lately? I saw that you recently got married. Congratulations on that, by the way. And you are going from years of reporting on bad Lakers basketball to them now being the championship favorite. And to top it off, we also got to see the Clippers get beat on Tuesday night. And I listened to your podcast the other day. It cracked me up whenever you guys were laughing for the first like, minute of the podcast. So uh, I know you're enjoying that a lot. Um, so
1: this has got to be a pretty good last month for you uh yeah man it's uh, honestly yeah i i gotta say like the last uh, the last month or so has been uh one of the better ones that definitely of 2020 probably of my life uh between like getting married getting to cover like good basketball uh you know for the first time in my entire like journalism career you know Mm -hmm. like i started covering the team the day dwight left uh the first time so i have not gotten to do a lot of that and now my wife is glaring at me because (laughs) i compared good basketball to our marriage um (laughs) But, uh, you know, like, other than that, things are going great. Yeah. Um, so I want to start out talking about Rob Palenka.
0: Um, I thought it was interesting that Rob Palenka wasn't even on the ballot for all the top three for executive of the year. And I think that was a snub. I don't know if he should have won it or not, but I think he should have uh, definitely gotten a lot more votes than he did. Um, going into this season, you know, there was lots of question marks coming in. Um, we were small on the wing, didn't have a lot of ball handling. I know a lot of Laker fans didn't trust Rondo. So having Rondo was really the only other ball handler other than LeBron uh, was a concern for me and was a concern for a lot of people. Um, and you saw how he scrambled after Kawhi Leonard chose the Clippers. But he went on a run, got Danny Green signed pretty quickly. Um, got the, uh, He re-signed JaVale and uh, got DeMarcus Cudden. So that was really quickly. He, he had a plan together. And after Kawhi chose the Clippers, he really acted on it. And I think he turned out a pretty good roster. Um, And you see this in the playoffs. I know there was doubt in the regular season on how this roster was constructed. But since the playoffs started, it's really worked. And a lot of that credit goes to Rondo. I know during the regular season, I don't really know the numbers on it, but I know that uh, the Lakers weren't very good whenever LeBron wasn't on the court. And having Rondo actually step up now and – Um, Being able to continue that when LeBron goes off the court is pretty nice. And he's actually worked pretty well with LeBron when they've been on the court together, which has been a surprise. Um, And I think that a lot of the reason why he didn't really get a lot of the votes was because people assume that because you have Anthony Davis and LeBron on the roster, it makes things easy. Um, But I don't think that's the case because you've seen how many guys, like these guys actually like each other, and they've all bought into their role. Dwight Howard was a starter last year. I know he didn't play a lot of minutes, but he was still like a 13 and nine guy. And the year before, he was like 17 and 12. And he's absolutely bought into his role this year. Um, So, what's your thoughts on how Rob Palenka has done? And do you think that it was a big snub for Executive of the Year?
1: Yeah, you know, I I think, uh, like, there's a, you touched on a lot of things there. And I'll try and, like, uh, get to all of them. But, like, you know, honestly, like, I, I think number one, like, this is another instance of it being kind of bizarre that like beyond LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and even in some ways, like not really for them, there's been almost no recognition of the year that the Lakers have had, like in ter- from the awards voting, because like, like you know, they haven't announced, uh, like unless something has happened in the last hour, they haven't announced MVP yet, yet, but we all know it's gonna be honest. And so LeBron's not gonna get that. Uh, Anthony Davis finished second uh, to uh, Giannis in defensive player of the year voting. And so he didn't really get recognized there. Uh, Frank Vogel did not get coach of the year. Like um, Anthony Davis and LeBron did both make first team all NBA, but beyond like those guys, like no one on the Lakers really has gotten recognized for anything with Palinka being the latest instance of that. And it's just, it's a weird thing where like, okay, they're in the Western Conference Finals. I know that the ballots were tallied before the end of the regular season, but like the Lakers were the number one seed then too. Like the Western Conference Finals was predicted for them. And it's just kind of strange to see almost no one get like full credit in the awards where usually you see a team like the Lakers that, uh, you know, was tops in the West, like at least get a couple, you know, of these things, um, you know, or finish higher than they did or whatever it may be. Uh, and so that that whole thing is kind of weird. I, I think for Polinka it's like a number of factors. Like, uh, you know, like, number one, he is not incredibly well-liked by his fellow GMs around the league. I also think that there is a perception, whether you agree with it or not, um, that, you know, Clutch and Anthony Davis are more responsible for Anthony Davis being on the Lakers than Rob Polinka, you know, running the Lakers. But at the same time, like, don't you have to give him credit for like, you know, kind of creating the type of organization, like with getting LeBron in there. And again, like LeBron, you could say LeBron made that decision himself. Like Rob Blinka can't be doing that bad of a job if Anthony Davis and LeBron are saying, okay, we really want to play for the Lakers. And uh, like, you know, the way that he's worked with the stars, to like assemble this roster, like you mentioned Rondo, uh, like that was a guy that, you know, like a, a lot of GMs probably weren't that interested in last year because of like, um, you know, his, his stats being bad, like the analytics, all that stuff. Like I was, I was not, like if I was a GM, I would not have been someone that was like, hey, let's bring Rondo in. Um, but like you know, he's shown out, and that's credit to Palinka for recognizing his value in the locker room and uh, for listening to his two stars and like working with them to assemble this roster of guys that like all just really, really fit well together from a personality standpoint. And I think that there, it like again, I know this sounds this probably sounds like uh, like backhanded praise, but I think that there is there is a certain amount of subjugating your own ego that you have to do to run this team the way that Rob has run it. And, um, you know, the Lakers obviously made the right decision on Frank Vogel as like their backup coach Uh, after losing out on Ty Lue. Some could argue that that even worked out better than it would have if they had gotten Ty Lue. So, like, you know, I I think that he deserves some credit for the way that this team has come together. Uh, I'm not incredibly surprised to not see him get it. But, um, you know, like it's just it's it's a weird thing. And I know a lot of people talk about with trades
0: and stuff, the Lakers don't normally get the fair end of the deal. They call it a Laker tax. I guess you can kind of call that with the award voting too. Um, And I think Frank Vogel should have been in consideration. It depends on where you stand on Vogel. I know a lot of people were – upset with him at times this year but that's expected with a coach I mean nobody's gonna be perfect
1: and I'd say people are yeah, still I, upset with I, Phil Jackson I absolutely at times. think he should have been in consideration I mean I I don't disagree with Nick Nurse winning it I think he did an incredible job but like yeah like that's not a snub for Vogel to lose to him but like Vogel definitely should have been in consideration for sure and I
0: think really I mean there are a lot of people were concerned about Vogel's offense this year and Vogel's a defensive coach. And if you just look at the numbers on how we've done defensively, you don't normally look at that roster. I know there's the clip that's been showed over and over and over. And it's Jackie McMahon. It's like, um, who's going to, who the Lakers going to guard? And Danny Green going to be at seven places or once. I think that was with Brian Windhorse. So if saying that, you'd expect the Lakers would not be a good defense at all. But what Frank Vogel's done is really turned this, I think they were like second in defensive rating this year which is crazy from you see the comments by the national media at the beginning of the year the way that he's transformed this defense and really um made them um really I think the best defense in the league and you've seen that in the playoffs is really interesting um and Taylor Tucker I mean well how did he get on our all-rookie team
1: uh well I mean the he was never gonna make it because um, he didn't play, on he only played five minutes by the time that the votes were calculated so um like it, he was he was never gonna make it but, I was just joking um, on that. <laughs> Yeah, like, I mean, he's a guy that, like, you know, I don't think he was ready to play at that point necessarily, like yeah. he's playing now. Um, he got basically an extra off-season, like, you know, between, like, when the season restarted and when the season shut down that but, but I think allowed him to make a lot of progress. We've seen, like, how much, like, ground he was able to make on getting an NBA shape. So, like, uh, you know, I don't think that was that much of a snub, but, like, uh, like I mean, clearly – he's somebody that would have been in contention for it, like, you know, had he been bit, like, were the votes counted now, uh, you know, just with being able to contribute in the playoffs. But, again, he's only played, like, two games. So, let's, like – I, I want to, you know, I, I am as high on him moving forward as anyone, but I, that one, I, I disagree. I do not think that was a snub.
0: I was just joking on THD,
1: by the way. Uh, okay, I, I was not sure. I was like, all right, yeah, he, I, don't I think found so. the largest THD stand in the world. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I think he got, he might have got
0: in the G League, though. He might have been like... Yeah, all, no, he did.
1: Rec- he, he got some recognition in the G League, for sure.
0: Yeah, but I don't think there was as much hatred to the Lakers um G League affiliate than there is to the yeah there's no
1: there's no South Bay Lakers exceptionalism yeah
0: uh, yeah I was just joking on THT um it has been cool to see him (laughs) uh, play good in the playoffs so um so yeah uh and I think this offseason is going to be interesting I don't want to look too far ahead because we've still got eight more games to win um but um I think this offseason can really you can really tell uh, what is made out of I, I give him a lot of credit for this year but seeing how he's going to be able to maneuver and I know the cap is really um, it's going down quite a bit for different reasons um, and he has that full mid-level exception I think it's around 10 million that he can play for um, and I'm not really sure what guys are available but maybe he can um, maybe LeBron and AD can help out and convince a guy that's normally worth 15-16 million to take the 10 million and Uh, trying to win a championship. So we'll see how Palenka does that and see if he can get some um, guys on the perimeter that can guard. Um, And We've done well this year, but I think we do need a little bit more help on the wing. Um, Now looking forward, uh, looking ahead to the Lakers and Nuggets, which will be tomorrow night. Um, The Nuggets defeated the Clippers 104-89, which was bittersweet for a lot of Laker fans. It was awesome. Um, it was Tuesday night, the game seven, which set up a Western Conference Finals matchup with the Lakers. Um, I know you're as happy as anybody that the Clippers got beat. Um, but this, I don't know if this shows more about the Clippers than it does the Nuggets. Um, but what's your thoughts on this series and how the Lakers match up with the Nuggets?
1: Yeah, I think, um, you know, I think it definitely, I think you have to give credit to the Nuggets for like actually going out. Like, you know, they went down 3 1 and like they they had to figure some stuff out to be able to make up ground there, show a lot of resiliency, and like really just kind of like come through when it matters most and make adjustments. And like I think that they they definitely deserve more credit because like that they, they actually came out victorious. And I do think that people are like not really necessarily giving them enough for what they managed to accomplish. And like it, it's almost like because the Clippers it, it's it's this weird like self fueling thing where, like, because we all expected the Clippers to be better, well, then they lost. It wasn't the Nuggets that won. It's, like, the Clippers lost. What went wrong for the Clippers? And so, like, I I mean, again, I think some things went wrong for the Clippers, but the Nuggets deserve more credit, like, in my mind. But, like, I I think that, like, the Clippers, what you saw was, like, they, you know, I I think that they lacked heart in a lot of ways. And, like, they lacked, like, chemistry and cohesion. And they – I don't think that they really – tremendously respected the game of basketball, like with the way that they, you know, just constantly were trying to fall back on their talent and not like actually become a better team and work and like put in that time. Um, And so like, you know, I think that like to some degree, like obviously the downfall is on them, but like the Nuggets are a good team. I, I don't think that they match up particularly well with the Lakers. I don't know if you disagree with me on that, but um, like, I mean, we saw, I believe the Lakers were three and one against them this season. If I'm remembering that correctly. And um, like the, the Lakers, like, I I just think that like with, with their big guys and like how big this team is, like, I think that they can probably contain Jokic about as well as anyone can, like in single coverage. Um, and which will allow them, I think, to, like, and, like, also, like, even when they have to switch, we've seen how well they're scrambling and recovering and all of that stuff to get back to shooters uh, against, like, teams that are probably better shooters, uh, like, filled with more, like, smaller shooters than the Nuggets are. Um, like, I just think they're really going to be able to contain this Nuggets team, and honestly, if I had to pick, I'd say Lakers and five. Um, but, like, I, again, that's not, like, me saying that the Nuggets are bad. I just don't think that they match up tremendously well with this Lakers team.
0: Um and I on your three one I think that we won both games at Denver and then lost the one at LA but Davis was out that game
1: is or maybe LeBron one of that, one of the
0: big two was out
1: yeah that sounds about right I, I mean and then I know that they won the game in the bubble because that was the coup's I'll shoot over Jesus yeah game. <laughs> and
0: I don't remember I know I don't know if that happened in the game but I think that the Nuggets might have took their players out and we were like still had our starters in at the end of the game. I can't remember. I think s- there was a game in the bubble. I mean, all the games just are like a blur to me right now. I can't remember yeah. any of, the, like, the restart games. But I there was a game like that. Um, and on this series, I've predicted Lakers and five for the per- all the series, and I've been right on the first two, so I've been really excited about that. And I'm saying Lakers in five in this one as well. Um, I'm not really, like – I don't know a whole lot of X's and O's um, like Pete and those guys do, and uh, Tim, uh, who does the. Um,
1: I think you're selling yourself Bebo a little index. short. I, I've heard you
0: uh,
1: like about do some valuations and stuff.
0: Well, I'm not. I don't know all the technical terms. That's pretty much what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> but um, what we what we've really seen in this series. I mean, looking back on what the Clippers did, I saw how the um they doubled Jokic. And I don't think – for the Clippers, I think that's a pretty good idea because, I mean, Harold and Zubats didn't really match up favorably with Jokic, in my opinion. So, they kind of got to send another guy there. But then that really, like, utilizes Jokic's, Jokic's, like, best strength, being tall and, like, being able to see over the defense and find cutters. And He averaged, like, seven assists a game this year, which is insane for a center. I I just don't – I don't think we do that this series. I think – um, I think we'll see more Dwight than Javel this series, which we've seen in the regular season and you you see like Javel play five or six minutes in the first quarter, five or six minutes in the second quarter, then you don't see him the rest of the game. Unless just yeah, something that's, like, that's almost the normal
1: out. rotation, like at yeah. this point.
0: And then so you see Dwight normally Dwight won't play the first quarter, but he'll start the second and then you get eighty at the five for a little bit. So I don't I think I don't think saying Dwight will play more than JaVale is, like, a huge, like, prediction, a hot take.
1: No, I agree. I agree.
0: But I, I'd be interested to see if they possibly – I don't know if they do this or not, and I don't think it'll happen, but I think maybe you want to try Dwight starting. I know he's – I don't really know how they do that because they did it a couple times, but I think it's only when JaVale didn't play this year.
1: So – I would yeah, be I interested think, uh, yeah, that. I don't I don't I think that what uh, my guess would be that they go back to exactly kind of what you talked about, like the JaVale, like token starter almost, mm-hmm. but with Dwight getting the majority of the minutes like at that spot with like some ad as well. Um, but like I, I mean the the game that I like remember uh, where like Dwight made his biggest impact was I believe it was the second win at Denver um, where like the Lakers, I think had to come from behind. Yeah. Um And like Dwight was really just all over the place in that game, like attacking the offensive glass, like really containing Jokic. Like again, like, uh, you know, Jokic is on a roll right now. I don't think Dwight's going to shut him down by any means, but I do think that they're like with him being able to be sturdy enough, like kind of like you're mentioning to mm-hmm. like guard him one-on-one. Like, I think that that is going to allow you to more, uh, to limit his passing a little bit more than you otherwise would be able to. Yeah.
0: And, AD, I mean, we've heard all year that Davis doesn't really want to play the five, but he said in the playoffs like he doesn't care; it don't really matter to him. But I still don't think Frank wants to like put AD on Jokic thirty minutes a night and just absolutely wear his body out because Jokic is a big guy. He's like two eighty. So for a lot of people saying that they think they should go back to the the Morris in the starting lineup, I don't think that happens just for that reason. I I think down the stretch, I mean which you, I think that AD is going to guard Jokic. But I don't think that for the majority of the game, it's going to be Dwight or JaVale. Um And I think JaVel I agree. I think whenever – it's more like last year than this year. But I really like how JaVale, like on tip-off plays. I've always been interested, like last year whenever they do the tip, if JaVale won it, they'd set a back screen on the tip and throw a lob to JaVale. Like Lonzo or LeBron would throw it to JaVel for a dunk at the beginning of the game. I don't know if you remember that yeah. or not and I think they've done that a couple no, times do. this year and I think that's one of the like positives of Javel, like starting It's just one play but like and you really like see if you're gonna play him a lot or not from his like first few minutes if he's stinking it up Frank's gonna pull him out in like the first four minutes but sometimes he like starts the game out like six straight points which is pretty awesome but I mean you don't really Dwight's not as fast as Javel so you kind of lose that threat of the lob on the first play but I don't they don't they haven't ran that that much this year but last year
1: I thought it was really interesting for JaVale there have been a number I definitely I agree with you I think that there have been a number of times though where like having him in there like even if it's not the first play it just reminds a team like oh like we need to stay on the glass here, like we need to like, and so then that frees up more space for you know like uh, like LeBron and AD in the mid range, LeBron and AD to drive to the basket, like frees up more more for the shooter. Like they they just are like, oh yeah, like we need to put somebody like down in the dunk guarding this guy, mm-hmm. or he's going to like run over and get like an easy little lob. Yeah,
0: and a, another thing the Nuggets do is like you really see them like swing the ball in transition, like they from what I watched last year, yeah. they would. I mean, it's kind of, when Jamal and Jokic push it, it's it's usually going to wind up in a corner three um, by Torrey Craig or Millsap or Porter Jr. So, if the Lakers can, like, just, I know that a lot of people have said that the Lakers' transition defense has been, like, one of their worst things this year. So, if they get back and stay on the shooters, I think, I don't think forward's out of the question. But it, my next question's, actually connect to this like the fatigue factor with the nuggets i don't know if the nuggets are fresher i know frank talked about like how a team's in better shape coming off of game seven and then we're we've had so much rest i don't know if the fatigue comes into here or we're like not really like locked in so i'm not sure how that affects but if we're like really rested and get out on the corners i think it could go four games
1: yeah, I don't, I, four sense. feels like, like borderline disrespectful yeah. to me, like, and I, I, I appreciate that, uh, like, and I, I actually love that you're willing to go there. Um, I am not brave enough to, uh, to go four games, but I am uh, honestly like, I I said five against the Blazers. I thought that that was, like, the most overhyped, like, playoff team I've ever seen. Uh, And then, like, somehow people talked themselves into doing the exact same thing against the Rockets in the next round. And I was a little less brave on that one. I said six. I wasn't as brave as you to go five. Um, But, like, I'm going five again for this one just for all the reasons that we've been talking about. Like, I, I think the Nuggets are, like, I think they're a dangerous team. I think if the Lakers don't take them seriously, it could go longer. But I think if the Lakers really come out locked in, Uh, then, like, I I think that this series should be over relatively quickly. I do think Denver will take a game, though. Like, I I think they're good enough that, like, at some point, there will be one game where their shooters are clicking and, uh, like, they'll be able to, like, close it out. But, like, it's like you said, like, the, I I think the wear and tear, the playing 14 games, like, high, high high-intensity playoff games, too, like, versus playing, um, like, 10 like the Lakers have like that with all the rest that the Lakers have gotten in between. Like the Nuggets got what? I think like one day off before they started their second round series from the first yeah. round, maybe two. Um, and then like and then now they're basically getting two days off and then they have to play again. Like, I, I think that takes a toll. And like, yeah, you know, Frank has said that before every series so mm-hmm. far, that like the team that just played a game seven, like they may come out a little sharper. And like I, I think there is a degree of truth to that, but I do think that over the course of a series and also like against the Team that is, as physical, uh, that is as physical as LA is at every single position. Like I think that that's going to have a cumulative effect uh, on Denver over the course of this one.
0: And I don't. I'm not going to say like Lakers and four is not my like. Like if I had to bet money, that would not be my pick. <laughs> I'm not going to say that because uh, I think if they come out focused like they did after game one to the other two rounds, I think it could go four. I'm not saying it's going to. Yeah, I think there's a good chance, though, that it could. If they come out focused, locked in, and they're wanting to go all the way, then I think four games could happen. But my prediction, though, if I had to say it, I would say we win game one around eight points, and then we lose game two, and then it's the rest of the way we win. Yeah, they opinion. they win
1: game one and then they're like they're like they're like ah see like we got it we yeah. figured it out right from the jump this time and they like they lay an egg in game yeah. two.
0: But the Lakers have not won a game one yet in the playoffs, so we'll see if no. that'll change tomorrow. Um, I know we talked. No, about- I'm
1: curious to see if uh, if the like when they like if this goes like we're predicting it to like. It really is going to be, like, for game five, like, a rock meets a hard place when, like, you know, you have the Lakers who are undefeated when up 3-1 in a series and the Nuggets who are undefeated when down 3-1 in a series. Like, I think we're going to get, like, those two, like, uh, factors coming into play and we're finally going to see who is better uh, on their respective end of a 3-1 lead. Yep.
0: And I got a couple more topics for you here. Don't want to keep you too long, Harrison, but... um. Now we're talking a little bit about playoff Rondo and I know a little bit I know we talked a little bit about it earlier. Um, have you bought into this? I know I, I think I saw you did a tweet. You made an article the other day that was like apologizing to Rondo. <laughs> I think I yeah. I think I remember that. Um, but you know, a lot of I know the national media has been like talking about how Rondo is such an important piece all year. But clearly did not watch the regular season because he did suck yeah. it up all year except for a handful of games. And I know a lot of people for years have been saying, like, yeah, Rondo, actual, like, fans of his teams that he's played on have been like, yeah, he sucks until, like, a national TV game, which has been true. Like, last year I remember he played really well and hit the game winner against Boston. And then he's had some 20-point games here and there since he's been a Laker. Um, I think playoff Rondo is real. I think he just really gets locked in. And I, I think he's kinda at the point in his career where he can like pick and choose his spots. Um yep. and I you can if you're watching, you can definitely tell there's a change of play for him. Like he in the regular season, there's a zero percent chance he would pick up a harden full court. Like no chance at no. all. No. None at all. None whatsoever. Yeah. So I know so far in the first round well, he didn't really he didn't play the first round. But from last round we saw it kind of exist. Do you think this lasts going forward, and how big of an impact do you think he'll have on this
1: series? Yeah, I mean, I I think that probably expecting him to play as well in like that in like his like second and third games versus Houston, uh, like probably as unrealistic as like a baseline for the playoffs. But like I do think that like you know it's like you mentioned like you clearly see him activate a different level of focus and intensity and like just being locked in on like the opponent and the game plan and just like the desire to win that you do in the regular season. Like, I mean, I think he's at the point in his career where he knows that like, you know, he's got to save his body, just go through the, like play it, you know, play it 60%, you get through healthy. And then once you're in the playoffs, you can really try. And, um, you know, like, some could quibble with, like, the the brilliance of that strategy and, like, did that cost the Lakers a couple games here and there, but they still had the number one seed yeah. in the West. Like, it clearly did not make a huge difference, like, as much as, you know, like, all of us would criticize, you know, Frank for overplaying him. Like, I, I think, you know, I, I think that we're seeing now – Um, like the benefits of that of him like being familiar with his teammates of his like of him being around all year and being a leader in the locker room and then like so that he can get to the point where you know when he comes back and he starts getting big minutes in a playoff game like nobody questions it um, and is able to play well enough to kind of justify that like I I think that we like I I don't know really if this is going to be like as great of a matchup for him like again, I never would have thought that he could have played competent defense on James Harden. Um, and so like, I'm not going to rule him out, but I just think like with, uh, with the nuggets kind of like with Murray and like the nuggets having like quick guards, like I think that like Rondo may be a little bit of an issue in that respect, but again, like they may be able to hide him. They may be able to figure something else out to like kind of get by on defense while he's out there. And like we saw how dangerous he is as a free safety in the passing lanes at times too against the Rockets. Um, and, like, if the Nuggets – like, could that be something that comes into play if the Nuggets are, like, having to force a few more passes because Jokic just covered better and, uh, like, there are less openings by virtue of the double teams and stuff like that for him to pick apart? I don't know. Um, but, like, I- I'm – I have learned that at this point, like I will for the rest of his like for the rest of his life, honestly, not just his basketball career, I will never doubt Rajon Rondo again. Like if Rondo announces that he's making an NBA comeback at age 60, like I may not trust him in the regular season, but if he's coming back for a playoff game at age 60, like I- I'm gonna I'm gonna talk myself into him being able to do some things and make a difference. Like at this, like it's it, it's borderline magical. And, uh, like, he is a force of nature uh, in the playoffs when he activates the playoff rondo.
0: Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, and I'm not sure, I've been watching so many Laker podcasts lately. I just love hearing, like, the Clippers slander. So I anything that has, like, Lakers on it and it's a podcast, I'm listening to. So, like, I listen to your your guys' podcast the other day. And then I listen to, like, the roundtable discussion on, like, the Lakers, like, actual, like, group, like, Pete and Mike and. Um Kevin Ding and Aaron Larsoul. Like I saw I watched yeah. that one that came out yesterday. And I'm not sure if it was your show or their show. So I'm getting like all my information like messed up. But someone said like <laughs> Jokic on the pick and roll um gave up like 1.6 points per possession. Like when he was Oh, like that guarding. was definitely
1: their show. We did not we did not get into points per possession <laughs> while we were we, we I don't even think we talked about the nuggets. I think we just slandered the Clippers the entire show. So that was definitely there
0: yeah, and so, like, 1.6 points per possession, like, guarding the pick and roll, that's insane. Because normally on a pick and roll, like, you're going to get two points. Like, if that you're not going for the three. It's a pop on the uh, pick and pop. So, on the roll, like, that's ridiculous. So, if maybe if AD, and you normally see, like, Rondo and AD doing a pick and roll. So, if, like, yeah. Jokic is guarding Davis, or they get a switch to get – um Jokic on Davis I can definitely see y- Rondo having like a big like um impact on this series because Jokic can't play guard the big and roll so if um if that's able to happen then I'm I could definitely see um Rondo having a big impact on this series um and I know like for uh, another thing on Rondo real quick um I think this year In the regular season, like you said, it doesn't matter that much because they've got – like, you can just throw, like – you can be down 10 points with, like, three minutes left and put LeBron and AD, and you can probably come back. If if it's not a great team, you can probably come back. And we've seen it a few times this year that they were able to. But I think from – like, I think a lot of the frustration actually came from, like, last year where they couldn't. Like, had that luxury of having, like, another guy like AD just take over. I know, like, Brandon Ingram and Kuzma took over at times – um, but like not like davis could so if rondo could have stepped it up last year and could have flipped the switch a few times and I, maybe they were in a better position they could have been in a better position um when lebron came back i don't know uh, but i think rondo got hurt no i agree whenever yeah like, rondo LeBron got, got hurt,
1: hurt i think shortly after lebron did like he he had if i'm remembering correctly he played pretty good I think when they beat wasn't the yeah, Rockets play- or did they beat Oklahoma City or something last year with, like, the young guys going off. Like, I vaguely remember this, and I think he played well in that game, but I may be mixing it up with his OKC game this year. I don't know. I, he played really good on Christmas Day. I do remember that. Okay. It was him and Zoo in the pick and roll. Yeah, yeah, I remember that.
0: And, of course, it's a national TV game, so, of course, you're going to see really good. Yeah, of course. Um, of course. Of <laughs> course. But um, assuming that he can, like, maybe keep it up, would you want him back next year? Uh, I know he's got a player option for next year, and it's just two million. So I don't think that I don't really think that that's going to hurt us too much to get Rondo back on like it's. I look at it right now; it's two point six million. I mean, for a guy who can step it up in the playoffs, I think that's a I think it's a decent option. I would like
1: Rondo back next year, but I'm gonna I mean, buy honestly, my word second guys- month of the season. For most guys making $2.6 like, he's, he's already earned his salary for this year. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like, most guys making as little as Rondo's making, like, do not contribute that much to two playoff wins. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I feel like he earned it this year. And, like, honestly, like, um, like I, I expect him to be back next year. I would be fairly surprised if he doesn't take that player option. Um, And, like, you know, I'm with you. I I don't think that's that damaging when you've seen that this is a guy that can help in all these different ways on and off the court. Yeah.
0: And maybe we can work out a deal. Maybe Rob can get creative and have him as, like, an assistant coach until, like, the playoffs start. Or maybe, like, a week before the season's over. I know there's, like, a deadline. Maybe we can get him as a coach and, like, get him to be, like, Bill Russell type, but just as an assistant coach.
1: Yeah, you know, like (laughs) – I don't think that uh I think I think that's a tough sell when he can yeah. make like two point six million as a pl- as a guy who plays sometimes and doesn't have to study endless film and then uh you know, he can make like five hundred thousand as an assistant coach. You know, I-, I know which option I'd pick. I'll just say that.
0: Yeah. Well maybe well maybe if Jason Kidd leaves he can get the
1: highest paid assistant <laughs> in the league title. Yeah, he can get the <laughs> J Kid uh the J Kidd highest paid yeah. assistant slot.
0: <laughs> All right. Look into the next round, um out on East. I- I'm not on the east, I'm not going to get myself – I'm not going to get ahead of myself too much. But just talking about it. I don't want to jinx it. Um, the Celtics and Heat, they played a night, game two. We saw the Heat take game one. Okay, the biggest question I've got. As a Laker fan, can you root for the Celtics to make the finals so we can beat them?
1: Is that okay? Ooh, um, I, I would say, like, I'm – I'm definitely not rooting for them. I would not be mad if that was the finals for sure, because I think that there would be something like, like even just in storyteller, like there's something kind of incredible about like them meeting in the finals again. And then like, if the Lakers were to win it to like tie like Boston and all time championships mm-hmm. by actually beating Boston, um, like, Obviously. I mean, you can't write a better story than that really. Um And so like that, like that aspect of it would be really cool. But like, as someone who grew up like a Lakers fan, like especially like diehard, diehard around the time of like the 2010 finals, like mm-hmm. probably at my peak as like uh, a, like a fandom, like I cannot root for Boston under any circumstances. And like, it's kind of sad because I actually like a lot of their like players. Like I, I think Kemba Walker seems like a really nice guy. Um, I really, really like Jalen Brown. Like I've liked this game dating back to when he was at Berkeley and just seems like an astoundingly good human being. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to root for the Celtics under any circumstances. Circumstances. Yeah, and future
0: Laker Jason Tatum's always been, has also had a pretty good postseason. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah, him too. Uh, Although the way that he eats tacos is like a war crime <laughs> that I cannot endorse.
0: Okay. I've actually, when you just said that mention, I wondered, like, I know you report on the Lakers like every day. You always have a different article out. Um, what's it kind of like? I know, this is just a, well, you question. What's it like going in from like just being like a super fan to like actually like, covering them on a daily basis does that like change like how much how like you view them and how much you like them how oh, does
1: because i've always yeah, thought 100 like i i mean honestly like i um like i remember like i started covering the team and it was mostly like as a blogger and whatever like i wasn't interacting with them and i was still like a pretty diehard fan at that point um and then it was like once i started getting credentialed and like interacting with them on like i mean not a daily basis but like you know it started to become fairly frequent to the mm-hmm. point where it is like this season before coronavirus and even now on zoom calls and stuff like I- i'm talking to them like multiple times a week and stuff like that yeah. it just it takes the fandom out of it at least for me like because like they become like almost like co-workers and whatever like yeah. there are certain guys that like i want to do well and like look i'm not gonna lie it's great for the site when the team does well um and so like it's great for my job and stuff like that i find myself necessarily rooting for them like as hard as I used to game to game or anything like that anymore like I still pro- I definitely like I'm not gonna lie because the thing that I hate is when like journalists are like oh like I don't like I just root for storylines like that to some degree it's true like I am more of a fan of storytelling than I am of like the Lakers now mm-hmm. um but like look like there, I'm always gonna have a special affinity for them like if they win the title this year I'll be excited because like I'll be really excited for all the people that I know that are still like diehard Lakers fans, for like everyone at our site who is still a diehard Lakers fan, for like the entire community that we've built up on Twitter and in our comments and like yeah. uh, like in our Instagram and like YouTube and like all that stuff, like uh, listening to the podcast, like, like I'll be really excited if they win, um, but I'm not like, I'm also like probably not gonna like cry or something if they lose, you know what I mean? Like it's just, it's a little bit different now where like I, do, I don't live and die with them. I guess is like the is like the difference. Like I, I still appreciate them. They're still my favorite NBA team. If I had to pick one, um, they're the one that I feel the most affinity for. But like it's not like uh, it's not like life and death. Like it used to be, where it's like if they lose in the finals, you're throwing your remote through your TV and stuff like that. Yeah,
0: uh, that's how I am. Uh- on, like, the throw on the TV and stuff. I'm still, like, an absolute diehard. I just do this podcast for fun and stuff. <laughs> like, I just like talking to people and seeing their ideas on it and interviewing, like, old NBA players. I think that's fun. Like, I have like, considered, like, going... Like, I'm still young. I'm in college and stuff, so I've still got time to, like, decide really what I want to do. And, yeah. like, the podcasting, like, media stuff was, like, definitely something that I really like, wanted to do early on. But then I just, like, think if I'm like reporting on them like I won't love like I'll lose. Like the Lakers are like a big part of like my everyday. Like I know I know that's yeah. like your job and stuff, but like me just being a fan is like huge. Like I'm I'm wearing like my Laker gear right now. Like it's like my high, and whole no, wardrobe. Those are, those
1: are the it's pretty that's much the people I write in podcasts for. Like we are a niche like Lakers specific site. Like yeah. I try to cover like not just like the big storylines or whatever, but the stuff that like I know that like diehards like you and like people like me when I was growing up like want to hear about like we wrote, we wrote two stories on Taylen Horton Tucker, like, after, like, one good playoff game, like, two full, like, breakdowns of, like, things that went on with him and whatever, like, because that's the kind of stuff, like, you know, I, I can read a million different stories about LeBron and Anthony Davis anywhere. Like, that's the kind of stuff that drew me to Silver Screen Roll, and those are the types of people that I do, like, cater to.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, and I hope I'm not catching too long. A, I went a little bit longer no, than, no, I, you're than good. I expected to, but I got one more question for you. Um, what is a better matchup for the Lakers, in your opinion? Do you think the Celtics match up better or the Heat? Because I know a lot of people have been Ooh. like back and forth on like who they think was going to win this series. And I'm back and forth too. I think the Heat have more dog in them. But I mean, a lot of people yeah. thought the Clippers had more dog in them than the Nuggets. So, I mean, I guess dog doesn't really matter that much. <laughs> I mean, it's just really just saying you do. Um, but I don't know. I think if I think I predict, I can't remember what I put on Twitter. Like, I, I tweet something like, Tweet some stupid stuff. Yeah. So I think I said like Heat and Six or Celtics and Six. There was a team I set in six, but even I don't remember what it is. So um I think after seeing game one, I'm gonna go Heat and six and that might come back and bite me in the butt. But um what do you think is a better matchup and what do you see on this series?
1: Yeah, I mean um I, I think Honestly, like, it, probably the Celtics are a... like We're saying better matchup is in, like, one that the Lakers could do better against, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. More advantageous matchup for them. Yeah. Um, like, I would say Celtics, then. I think just because, like, Miami, like, I know that they don't have, like, as many, like like names necessarily that people like that the casual fan is going to latch onto like outside of Jimmy Butler. But like, I think that, like, I think the dog thing that you mentioned matters. I also think that they have like more veterans on their team that aren't going to be like, kind of like, like messed up by the moment and stuff like that. Like the Celtics are like centered around a lot of young, like really young players. And like, while I think they're good young players. Like, remember like a number of years ago, like the Thunder, I forget which year this was, but the Thunder made the finals, like a little bit ahead of schedule. And like, it was just kind of clear that like Miami had just been there the year before this was 2012. I think Miami had just been there the year before and um, like they had just lost. And like, they were like, okay, we are not letting this slip away from us. Like under any circumstances and the Thunder were kind of like, yeah, we want to win, but like, we're going to be back a hundred more times. Um, And like, I think that there's, You know, I I think that there would be a similar thing from the Celtics group. Um, Like, again, I don't know. But, like, I also think that the Lakers, like, they played both of these teams really tight during the regular season. Mm -hmm. But I think that from what I saw of, like, the Lakers beating the Celtics, I think that it it, it leaves less to chance the way that they were able to do it and the amount of, like, guys that they can kind of throw at the Celtics' wings and kind of limit them at times. Um, so, like, I, you know, I personally like that matchup better. But at this point, it's, like, it's going to be hard not to sound dumb no matter, like, who makes it if the Lakers go through. Because, like, both of those teams are going to, like, uh, be a challenge because they're the two best teams in the East West. Yeah. And, like, they made it this far for a reason. Like, I, like that's not downplay the Celtics, really, or, like, what they can bring. But, like, I, I just, I would trust. The heat in the finals, like with their, with like Jimmy Butler and Eric Spolstra and like all these guys who've done it before, then I would trust the yeah. uh, like Celtics. So it's almost even more of like an intangible thing for me than it is an X's and O's one. Yeah,
0: and I think that like I would much rather play the Celtics. Just one of the main reasons why though is because I think I'd rather have um, Anthony Davis going against Daniel Tice than Bam, and I still think that like. AD will get what he wants pretty much on either one of them. And I know Bam's really good defensively, but I, I still think Davis has the edge in that matchup by a decent margin, but I would much rather have Davis putting up 40 and like 15 on Daniel Tice than um, yeah, I'm 30 with you. and 10 on Bam. I, that's just how I see it. I think LeBron's going to get what he wants against anybody and I don't think it really matters yeah. in the finals. I don't think it matters at all. And I think we're still, like, this hasn't been, like, really, I don't think it's been, like, super, like, finals LeBron yet, like, how we saw in Cleveland. No. I think once not the finals at all. turns on, it's going to be a different story. And I don't, I, and I, the Lakers really haven't had much, like, competition other than, that game ones. So LeBron's not really had to, really turn it on to, like, beating the Warriors top. That's, he's not had to do that yet. And, like, they, yeah. I think I saw, like, you probably know this. Um, I think Davis and LeBron are playing like 34 minutes a game in the playoffs, which is yeah. That's like reg, that's like lower than their regular season numbers. So I think if it, in the finals, I would 100% expect LeBron to do like 32,
1: 13, and seven. Like, but I'm like, yeah. I mean, that's what you're load managing him for, right? Yeah. So and I think you know, 40 like minutes that, that, a game is what's that. going to be
0: happening. Yeah. So I, I definitely think that the Heat would be. I would not want to play the Heat. Um, they've got better shooters in Boston. I know Marcus Smart has really like caught fire lately. I know in the game seven he had like no, no it was the it was game one against the Heat he had like six or seven threes. But I don't really expect Marcus Smart to really beat us. Like guys like Duncan Robinson and Tyler Harrow can catch fire. I, I would I'd much rather um expect Marcus Smart to hit. I would much rather be facing Marcus Smart as a shooter than those guys.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. Like, I think that, like, like I said, like, I think that the Lakers, like, from the X's and O's standpoint, like, do have some, like, real stuff that they could exploit beyond the experience thing. And, like, I also think, like, you know, you saw, like, Kyle Kuzma, like, really take a step up defensively against Jason Tatum earlier this year. And, um, like, I, I think LeBron during, like, a final series is, like, really, really going to lock in on defense. Yeah. Like, you have AD that can, get, like, be some more links to throw it, like, different guys if you need to. Like, we know that LeBron has historically owned Kemba Walker's teams as well. Like, I, I just think, like, uh, like I, I think that, like, if I were the Lakers, I would much rather play that team than uh, than the Heat.
0: Yeah, and I remember... From Kuzma's rookie year, he had a really good game against Boston. He like really hit like four straight threes, I think. He like twenty eight points against the Celtics. So I remember that. I think he takes it. He really takes it to heart playing against the Celtics. So maybe we'll get to see a uh, rookie Kuz uh, against the Celtics. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Harrison, um, for taking some time later day to join my show. I hope I didn't uh, take up too much of your time, but it was a uh, it was a pleasure talking to you again.
1: No, man, you're good. I'm, I'm always happy to do it, and I appreciate you having me on and for the kind words.
0: Thank you for listening. Check out all my shows on BaltalkPod.com, iTunes, SoundCloud, and all social media outlets.